Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Basket and Phelps, 92.3 The Fan. Eli Gold. He's going to join us a little bit later in the show. He's the voice of the Alabama Crimson Tide. we got a lot of stuff going on with Alabama. So he'll join us at 1. Right now it is noon, so we're going to talk to probably one of my favorite guests that we have on the show all the time. Uh, He's fantastic on television. He knows everything that's going on in the NFL. And, of course, you can read him right there at the Bible of NFL news, and that is Pro Football Talk. He is Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk, and he's on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline, and let's not forget he is also the author, father of mine. Get it at Amazon now. Story about the mob. How are you, Mike? How are you? Hello, Mike. Good. You, you know, you guys don't have to say all that stuff. I'll still come on. <laughs> I know, but I actually, I, we love talking to you. You know that. And it's we like, love it's, sucking up. Yeah, we have, we have no problem. So. All right. All right. So we got a lot of things I'll to just, We got a ton of I'll things. Go ahead, Mike. You go. Sorry. <laughs> All I said is I'll take it. Sorry. I'll shut up. <laughs> no, we're good. We're good. We're good. All right. So many things to talk about. Obviously, here in Cleveland, uh, maybe a new offensive coordinator, maybe not a little bit of a shakeup going on. Just your thoughts on the Browns. And, you know, when we sit here, I, I they've said this a couple times. They picked a bad day to have a bad game <laughs> against the Texans. It just makes me shake my head uh, because there were just so much, so much optimism here in Northeast Ohio. And then to lay an egg in the playoffs the way they did and then to to watch Houston play again this week. It's I mean it was it was an outstanding season for the Browns, but by the same token it was a major disappointment in the playoffs. Well, that's right. And look, that happens to every team that loses in the playoffs. The higher you climb, the more it hurts when you finally lose, especially when you're favored, when you're playing a team you've already beaten, and when there's just a sense, there's a vibe, there's an idea that this is a team that could do something special to not get out of the wild card round is very disappointing and it almost makes you wish you didn't make the playoffs at all. I know it's still better to make the playoffs than not, but it hurts so bad when it finally happens, especially when you didn't expect it to happen. And then on top of it, you get blown out in a game that you expected to win. I get it. And I think what that does, it lays the foundation for the Browns to be every bit the wild card going into 2024 that they were going into 2023. I don't know what the expectations for the Browns were going into this season because it could all go so many different ways. We didn't know what was going to happen with Deshaun Watson. And now, coming back for 2024, we don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. We don't know how healthy he's going to be. Is he going to be effective? We're in year three of this five-year fully guaranteed contract. How many more chances does he get? How many more chances does the coaching staff get 
to try to get the most out of him. What kind of veteran backups, if any, and presumably there will be at least one on the roster in the event that he gets injured again. There's just so many unknowns. The one good thing is the defense is great. Jim Schwartz will be back, and that's helpful. But I think that, you know, unlike other teams that feel like they're on an upward trajectory when they get to the playoffs and have that great season, I don't know what to think of the Browns because so much of it comes down to Deshaun Watson and the quarterback play in the event that he can't stay healthy or isn't effective in 2024. Mike, with Deshaun not being there, with so many guys not being there, and the Browns still going 11-6 and six and making the playoffs, can you draw any real conclusions from losing in the first round? I, I, I'm having a hard time doing that, just based on you, you got there with a different crew that a lot of those guys you know, wouldn't normally have been on the field. Can you draw conclusions if you're the organization? No, no. It's just one of those days where, you know, and look, it might be as simple as, Look around the league. The backup quarterbacks who came in and did well, there was a shelf life before the chariot turned back into a pumpkin. And it's as simple as saying after three, four, five games of a guy starting, you have enough film, you can come up with an effective game plan for exploiting his, his weaknesses. And we knew what the weaknesses were for Joe Flacco. He was throwing too many interceptions. And Chris Sims, who believed in the Browns as a potential Super Bowl team, was harping on the idea that they need to be more conservative on offense. They need to keep it simple. They can't be throwing the ball all over the place because those turnovers, when they happen in the playoffs, can be so much more devastating. And that's exactly what we saw happen. The turnovers that occurred in the postseason ended up being devastating for the Cleveland Browns. And um, so I, I think that you just you write it off as stuff happens and you move on and you see where you go from here, and hopefully hopefully they'll, they'll iron out some of these wrinkles. And the next time they're in the playoffs, I mean, this is the challenge as well, because the big thing that occurs when you get to the postseason is that you have 17 regular season games out there where you can be scouted. You need to scout yourself. You need to know what your tendencies are. You need to change doing things that are obvious, that are going to be exploited, and you actually need to go next level and maybe set a team up to make them think you're going to do something you've done out of a similar formation or down in distance or whatever, and you do something completely different, and you catch them with an okey-doke. That's what the playoffs is all about, and that's why it's so much more stressful for the coaches. you got to put in extra time to know what you've done, what they've done, and how you can change out what you're doing to try to get more out of, out of your team in those high-stakes situations. Mike, a lot of talk around here about extensions for general manager Andrew Barry, head coach Kevin Stefanski. Your thoughts on that, and if they should extend, how long? That was a a pretty big topic for us yesterday. How long would you extend both or either one? No, I don't know. I mean, it depends upon what the organization is thinking as it relates to what comes after this year. If this year coming up doesn't go well, do you want to have the flexibility to, for example – try to get more out of Deshaun Watson the final two years of his contract with a different coach. You know, I thought going into the season that Stefanski could potentially be on the hot seat simply because if it didn't work with Deshaun Watson, they're not going to blame the quarterback. The first guy to get the blame is the coach, just like we saw in Denver. First guy that got blamed was Nathaniel Hackett. Now it looks like it's going to fall to Russell Wilson. So I I think it just all depends upon how much they're going to expect the coaching staff to get more out of Deshaun Watson. And as it relates to the front office, you know, look, they've been, 
they've been pretty good about staying the course and being patient, even though they haven't gotten the results that they wanted when they launched into the strategic plans that arrived when when the uh, Podesta took over. But yeah, we'll just we'll just see. Look, I've got no opinion. I think you got a good coach in Kevin Stefanski, but I think there are other complicating factors based upon the commitment that was made to Deshaun Watson. And if this year doesn't result in Watson making the improvement that the team needs, what does that mean for the future? I don't know. Mike Florio joining us from Pro Football Talk. Mike, you wrote a, a really interesting story about Bill Belichick and the Atlanta Falcons and Rich McKay and maybe a, a little little angst between those two guys in the past, which might affect things moving forward. When, when it comes to Belichick and a job, can Bill go in and say, hey, I want control of this? I mean, is he in the driver's seat or is a team wanting to hire the Hall of Fame head coach who's but in the 70s and has had a couple of down down seasons? Are they in the driver's seat when it comes to calling shots? Well, when there's only one team that is interviewing Bill Belichick, he doesn't have leverage. When you've got multiple teams pursuing Bill Belichick, then he's got more leverage to maybe say, I want full control just like I had it in New England. Now, I reported over the weekend that there are other teams considering whether to make a run at Bill Belichick. And the reality is you can't just jump into that pool without considering the ramifications. What if you pursue Bill Belichick? What does it do to the perception of whoever you end up getting? How will your fan base react to the idea that you're trying to get Bill Belichick? Do you want to swing and miss? Do you want to be perceived as getting someone other than your first choice? And my understanding is there's at least one team that currently has a vacancy that is considering making a run at Belichick, and there's at least one team that doesn't currently have a vacancy that's thinking about making a run at Belichick. So it depends on how many other options open up. The Falcons, the way they do things is both the coach and GM report to CEO Rich McKay. I don't think Belichick would go for that. But again, it all comes down to whether he wants to coach, and if so, how much leverage he has to say, even though I failed as a GM, not that he would admit it that way, but it's an accurate characterization. I failed as a GM. I tried to make up for it with my coaching abilities, which are undeniable. Please let me be the GM of your team. And I, I just I don't know that, that there are going to be a lot of teams out there that want to do it. You know, For example, if I think he was fully content to just be the head coach, he could be a candidate for the commander's job, but he's not, as far as anyone knows, content to say, I will just coach whatever players you give me. Now, maybe he'll say that on the way in the door, but the problem is because it's a guy who's so used to having full control, I think it does create issues. It creates potential confusion. It creates potential acrimony in the building. If the head coach who used to call the shots in new England, all of a sudden isn't calling the shots in his new place. So I don't know what happens with Belichick going to be interesting to see if other jobs come open and it's going to be interesting to see if other teams that have open jobs interview Belichick and and create some of that leverage he currently doesn't have all right here's a fun one for you so you know the Kelsey's are from here and we love the Kelsey's around here (laughs) excuse me but (laughs) Jason said the game the other day no shirt on chugging beers it's awesome stuff did he retire did he not retire who knows does the league like this because I got to tell you TV ratings are saying yes and between that and, like, just thinking about Jason Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, and Taylor Swift at Thanksgiving dinner, that drives ratings, too. Well, hey, the Kelseys are business geniuses. And they have layers and levels of PR and managers. And, hey, I, do, do, look, we love the moment when Jason Kelsey, shirtless, is leaning out the window at the suite, 
creating a viral moment. Do you think it was accidental? Do you think it was planned? Do you think that everything they're doing with it is something that was intended or it's just spontaneous? They're doing a great job of taking moments that might be premeditated and making them look organic. And that's fine. That's their prerogative. But it tells me we're going to be seeing a lot of Jason Kelsey. I think he will retire on his terms at the right time. I think we're going to see him. If I had to guess, if I was setting odds, the favorite would be he's going to land in that Amazon booth with Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit or just with Al Michaels. I think that he's destined for that. And I think he's potentially going to be great. But get used to seeing and hearing from Jason Kelsey and eventually Travis, whether it's in sports media or whether he does take that leap into something along the lines of becoming an actor in action movies or whatever the case may be. And he's already talked about that pre Taylor Swift. He was talking about becoming an actor. And I, whenever I hear that, I think, boy, you know, there are plenty of trained actors out there that would think, you know, this guy just shows up and thinks he can do it, but how much acting chops are really necessary to play a superhero, you know? So (laughs) I, I I mean, really, really, I mean, it's not high end Shakespearean stuff. So I I, I think we're going to see a lot of the Kelsey's. They're going to make a ton of money and they're both probably going to make more money after their football careers than they ever could have dreamed of while they were playing. Mike Baker Mayfield did a fine job for Tampa Bay this year and his deals up. They signed him on a bargain deal. He came through. Is he going to be a guy that they're going to invest the big money in, or are they going to think we had a really good crew around him and that's why we were successful and he was competent I think he's in a similar situation maybe to what he was here in Cleveland at the time. They weren't sure whether they should spend big money or not. What happens with him this offseason? I think the problem in Cleveland was he was great in 2018, and then in 2019 the Freddie Kitchens experiment caused a regression. Then 2020 he was great, and they almost beat the Chiefs in the division round of the playoffs. And then 2021 he suffers the week two shoulder injury on the left side when he's making a tackle after a turnover, which he never should have done. That marred the rest of his season. He tried to play through it, and that just kind of ended things. And then once they decided they were going to go after Deshaun Watson, that was that. 2022 was a mess, and now he gets a chance. And look what he does on a base salary of $4 million. I think the Buccaneers would be very wise to keep him, even if they have to use the franchise tag to keep him from hitting the open market. They need to see where this can go. Franchise quarterbacks are too rare of a commodity to give up on a possibility that you have one who is only going to get better if he stays with your team. So that's how I see it. I think they should try to keep him around and see how this all plays out and see if they can keep moving in the right direction. They desperately need to get maximum fan interest and involvement in Tampa Bay. And post-Tom Brady, look, they had a lot of empty seats throughout the season, but if they can generate some excitement for 2024 – then they'll feel better about moving forward. And that's the other thing, too. If it's not Baker Mayfield, who's your quarterback going to be? Who else are you going to get? Where are you going to find a replacement? And that's always the thing that you have to consider. I think he played more than well enough that he should be the guy for 2024. The bigger concern I have, and I wrote about this a little bit ago, I still don't know what the hell Todd Bowles was thinking. And I like Todd Bowles. But good Lord, the Lions are gift-wrapping to you an opportunity to get the ball back down eight points in the divisional round because they took their knees too early. You got 36 seconds left. You got fourth and 12 that the Lions are facing on your 32, a 50-yard field goal that they would be attempting, and you don't call the timeout and force them to kick that ball or punt. There's so many things that could happen. There's so many different ways that things could go sideways. They could have tied that game up in regulation, and they could have won it in overtime. And I don't I, – it's inexcusable. The more I think about it, the more upset I get. If I was a Buccaneers fan, I would be demanding that they fire Todd Bowles. It's inexcusable that you give up 
the opportunity. Even if it's one in a thousand, that's still more than zero in a thousand. I can't believe he didn't call that timeout. And boy, I'd love to get an unvarnished take from Baker Mayfield on what he thinks about of being robbed of the opportunity to go out there and make history in a playoff game. You wrote some really interesting stuff about Brock Purdy and his situation in San Francisco and that Tom Brady was supposed to, they wanted him to come in and be the quarterback for 2023, didn't happen. Are they locked into Purdy, who's played beautifully for them, but maybe not exactly what Kyle Shanahan's looking for? Well, that's what makes this Brady story so fascinating. And look, how did we not know about this, that the 49ers wanted Tom Brady for 2023? How did the national insiders that are swarming all over every nook and cranny and looking for new stuff to report every single Sunday of football season, how did they not have this? How did it end up in an article at ESPN.com about Brock Purdy buried near the bottom of something that looks like it was maybe five or 6,000 words? How was that not showcased by ESPN last week after it was posted? That would have been perfect grist for the never-ending mill of studio shows. I was astounded that this thing, number one, went unknown for so long, and number two, when it finally came out, nobody seemed to notice it. Nobody seemed to care. They wanted Tom Brady for 2023. They settled for Brock Purdy. And I think that's instructive to what they may be thinking if he has a three- or four-interception meltdown on Sunday against the Lions and they lose. What does that mean for 2024? I doubt that it means they circle back to Brady, but Kirk Cousins is out there and he's available to anyone who wants to sign him. And he's had a long-term connection to Kyle Shanahan, the coach of the 49ers. And the best game, arguably, of Kirk Cousins' career came against the 49ers on a Monday night, six days before he tore the Achilles tendon. And we've seen the 49ers just kind of clumsily ricochet from quarterback to quarterback over the past five or six years. I think this idea that they tried to get Tom Brady as quoted directly from Brock Purdy, that tells me that if Purdy stumbles and they don't win the Super Bowl, they're going to at least think about what their other options are. And they've got Purdy for two more years at the cheapest possible draft pick contract because he was the last guy taken in the draft. Mike, outstanding stuff. Always, always. And we love watching on TV too. So I want to make sure people know about your book, Father of Mine. Amazon and where you get books, right? Well, it's at Amazon only, and you can get oh. the ebook now for only three ninety nine, and it's over four hundred pages. I mean, dollar for dollar. There's, you know, people were complaining about Peacock a couple of weeks ago at five ninety nine. <laughs> I mean, that's nothing for one full month of entertainment. You buy Father of Mine ebook for three ninety nine. It's going to take you, you know, I don't know how many hours to read. Depends on how fast you read, but it's it's dollar for dollar great value. I guarantee you will enjoy it. I'd I'd make a money back guarantee if Amazon would let me. I don't I don't have the authority to do that. But but I guarantee you'll enjoy it and I appreciate the chance to to make the sell for it and hopefully some people will buy it. That's less than a penny a page. That's thanks Jeff. There you go. That's about that. Thank you. Less than a penny a page. <laughs> that that is I'm going to I'm going to steal that. Thank it's you. It's yours. It's yours. Goodbye Mike. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you Bye. Mike. All right, Mike Florio. On the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. And make sure you check them out, profootballtalk.com. Here's James with a 2020. Breaking news. Breaking news on 92.3 The Fan presented by BetQL. Bet smarter by downloading the BetQL app and use Ohio 25 to get 25% off your first month. The NBA has announced that Cleveland Cavaliers' Tristan Thompson has been suspended for 25 games for violating the NBA, NBA, PA anti-drug program. Tristan Thompson suspended 25 games. Suspension starts tomorrow in the game between the Cavaliers and the Milwaukee Bucks.
Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Baskin and Phelps, 92.3 The Fan. 216-474-0092. He had been doing the job... uh, that I would say the Cavs needed him to do. But uh, now uh, Tristan Thompson's going to get to sit down for 25 games. He has been uh, suspended. Reprimanded. Uh, for uh, testing positives for uh, two different drugs uh, that are under the steroids and performance enhancing drugs section of the CBA. So he will sit out for 25 games, and then you have to wonder – um, if it's he was disappointing, if he was using, I was just looking up one of the, the things he got suspended for was, uh, a butamorin is what it's called. And just looking at the, I don't know, some website called transform you, it just says the benefits of results are helps build muscles, reduces muscle wasting, increases bone density, improves sleep, uh, combats against aging and may increase longevity. Um, and then they talk about some of the other things that are going on in there, but that's, um, that's a no, no. And that'll cost you 25 games. So um, that would put him back, Jeff. I looked uh, after the Phoenix game with about 17 games to go in the season. So, uh, But then you have to wonder what he's going to look like on the other side of that, right? Well, I would think that's true. So that would take him the last game of the suspension if it starts tomorrow is excuse me, Phoenix on March 11th, making him eligible to come back for the March 13th game against New Orleans. It's a problem. You know. Well, what do you do at backup center? Well, you don't have one. Go out and get one. Uh, your backup center might be named Evan Mobley. When's he? It's going to be a while. When when he gets back, I would think that Jared Allen and Evan are your centers. And if that's the case, that's okay. Damian Jones has shown he's not going to help you any. And you know, there's. Nothing wrong with that. You can make a lot of money doing that in the NBA, and Damian has, but he's not going to help you. Uh, Isaiah Mobley apparently isn't ready, or they'd be playing him. Pete Nance just got, you know, signed, and Pete's more of a of a like an outside right Dirk Nowitzki type guy, you know. And I don't mean that as that level, but you know what I mean. He's a big guy who's going to play on the outside and not necessarily play center. Although Pete can, maybe he gets a chance. Help me with this. When you get suspended, that roster spot has to it's frozen, right? Well, it's, I think you're off of it. So they're they're off the roster spot, I but that think. doesn't mean I, I don't know for sure. Yeah, I don't know if that's why I, I asked I, you. I thought maybe you might know. I, I don't know if you're allowed to add a guy or not. All I know is that ESPN still has him on the Cavs roster, but not on their depth chart. Well, doesn't make any sense to have him on the depth chart. I just I, a little bit shocking. I when you showed me the news, I was like, really? That's oh, disappointing. Yeah, it is. I like Tristan. I like him a lot. Always have. He's a good guy. But eh, you can't do that. And I honestly, if you know, if, if they have to muddle through without 
Evan Mobley for a while longer, which they do. And you know, he's he's doing a little bit of working out. I, I don't know that you know you can't count on Damian Jones. You signed him, he's a big body, okay? Guys like that have jobs every year in the NBA because somebody thinks, well, you can always use a big guy, and then doesn't you know doesn't help you very much. Um, Dean Wade, Pete Nance, Isaiah Mobley. We'll see. I, maybe you go out and you try and sign somebody. I don't know, Andy. So here's what you're losing. Uh, he, he was he was playing a lot during this. Twelve point four minutes in these games they were giving him. Well, a better look at that is January, when they've been playing yeah. really well and he's up to like sixteen minutes a game. So four more than the average. Uh, what does he have? Three. He was averaging four points a game against Milwaukee, your next opponent. Uh, three point eight for the regular season. So about the same as what you were getting. Well, he's he's never there for the offense. He's no. always there for rebounding and defense. Four rebounds. Yeah. You know, three point nine. Um, you look at some of these things, and I'm just, like, I'm just kind of bummed because it's. I think I'm bummed because yeah, it's. it's, well, it's I'm bummed not only because it's Cavalier, because it's Tristan, and you're like, but you could also kind of. It's understand. tough for the team. Seriously, he's with Evan Mobley out. He's he's done a really nice job being the backup center. So it it affects the Cavs without question. So I'm just saying, but just to reiterate one more time. Uh, Tristan Thompson suspended 25 games by the NBA without pay uh, for violating the anti-drug policies. So that's where you're at right now. And then I, I don't – you don't release him, though, do you? No, I'd like to have him back when he comes for the final off 17. suspension and, okay. and playoffs. Just making sure. All right, I'm just, but he's you know. get you know, was his ability to play based on him taking this performance-enhancing drug? Let's, well, that's my question. Well, come yeah, back. Let's, let's be honest. I let's, mean, if he comes back a, 17 games from now and looks like us, we're in trouble. Andy, that is a question. You know, is this why he was in, in good shape and playing well? I don't know. I don't know 32 years old. 32 years old. Um, all right, so that's where you're at on that. I'm going to go back to Mike Florio here, Jeff, and talk about some of the things. First of all, I, he was so right on about the Tom Brady story. I mean, think about that in San Francisco – they didn't want the current quarterback that gave them the number one seed in the NFC and is one game away from the Super Bowl to start the season. Well, it's the way Mike made it sound, didn't it? Well, no, that's what Brock Purdy said. Yeah, so I'm yeah. just saying. I mean, both those guys. Um, wouldn't you wanted Tom Brady at the beginning yeah. of the season? I mean, the guys from Northern California, Kyle Shanahan, Brady in that offense. I'd have rolled it out with Tom Brady if I could have. Over Brock Purdy, sure. I, it sounds to—I mean—is that the motivator behind Purdy all season long? Then, like, hey, they no, don't Purdy me, so. was good last year. I—I I don't think he needed any motivation. I think all the motivation you need is to be a guy who's you know seventh, seventh round draft choice, last guy in the draft, and you—and you're still proving yourself. You know, if you—if you watch him play, he puts the ball where it's supposed to be, and when he throws the ball downfield. And and maybe it was in particular when he had a wet ball in his hands, but it was to me it was just like this. All right, Brock's gonna throw. There goes the ball downfield. <whistles> oh, hey, it arrived now. He didn't didn't have much zip on the ball the other game, but they they won and they look good. And I I think he does a really nice job running their offense. But I've wondered all along whether he's their guy long term. Hmm. All right, we can talk about that. I also want to talk about some of the other things Florio had to say. We'll do that coming back again. Breaking news, Tristan Thompson uh, suspended for 25 games uh, due to violation of the uh, NBA PA uh, 
steroid act. I guess I don't know the best way to drug, put it. Drug, drug say, stuff. Something like yeah, that. Performance enhancing things. Thank you. 216 474 0092. And we've seen the 49ers just kind of clumsily ricochet from quarterback to quarterback over the past five or six years. I think this idea that they tried to get Tom Brady as quoted directly from Brock Purdy, that tells me that if Purdy stumbles and they don't win the Super Bowl, they're going to at least think about what their other options are. And they've got Purdy for two more years at the cheapest possible draft pick contract because he was the last guy taken in the draft. Hmm. It's going to be interesting to see what he does over the next two weeks, what he does against Detroit, if they can win and then get to the Super Bowl. And then are you turning around on Brock Purdy, or do you just look at him as the last pick in the draft if they don't beat Detroit this week? No, he's, Are you he's still a, looking for another good. quarterback if you're San Francisco? Sure. I mean, does this put doubts? Sure. Sure. I, and what's the guy got to do to earn the job? Got to keep playing. I mean, you're a number one seed in the NFC. He's got to keep playing. Andy, that's that's pro sports. At some point, though, can't you settle into a guy? I mean, I I just I don't know. If I mean, you do I look that at the Kyle I, Shanahan. I mean, like we have blind faith in a quarterback that was good, and now you know he's got the contract to keep him moving forward for the next what, whatever years. Are you left mean the Browns this. have the blind? Yes, faith. yeah, the Browns do. Yeah. yeah, I don't think the fan base does. No, no, they're the ones that do. Yeah, I don't think the fan base does either. If if you get the opportunity that Brock Purdy has had, and he's looked great, he's done a real nice job, but you don't win and you're San Francisco and you think you're on the cusp, what are you going to do? Shanahan's bulletproof. He's not going anywhere. What do you do? Going to hmm. tweak running back? Nope, McCaffrey's pretty good. I don't, you're you're going to change quarterbacks. Here's the longer, a little bit of a longer version of what Florio had to say. For Brock Purdy, and I think that's instructive to what they may be thinking if he has a three or four interception meltdown on Sunday against the Lions and they lose, what does that mean for 2024? I doubt that it means they circle back to Brady, but Kirk Cousins is out there and he's available to anyone who wants to sign him. And he's had a long-term connection to Kyle Shanahan, the coach of the 49ers. And the best game, arguably, of Kirk Cousins' career came against the 49ers on a Monday night, six days before he tore the Achilles tendon. And we've seen the 49ers just kind of clumsily ricochet from quarterback to quarterback over the past five or six years. I think this idea that they tried to get Tom Brady as quoted directly from Brock Purdy, that tells me that if Purdy stumbles and they don't win the Super Bowl, they're going to at least think about what their other options are. And they've got Purdy for two more years at the cheapest possible draft pick contract because he was the last guy taken in the draft. Would you like to be in that position? If I'm who? San Francisco. Meaning what? That you have Purdy under contract? Meaning that you've got a guy that led you to the number one seed in the NFC, that you're one game away from the Super Bowl with this guy, that, you know, even in the beginning of the season, maybe you were going to take a flyer on Tom Brady. I I mean, Tom Brady's a unique circumstance. It's very unique. Yeah, I mean, so we're not talking about other... So is Kirk We're not talking about... Well, we weren't talking... Like, my question is, in the beginning of the season... Would you have rather had Kirk Cousins than Brock Purdy? That's a tough call. Because you've got the, the long-term upside of Brock Purdy, but you have the veteran now of Kirk Cousins. Who can throw it, man? He's Kirk, Kirk's done a really nice job in Minnesota. 
That's a that's a good question. Remember, I, Shanahan was with him in Washington, so they have they have history. So my point, though, when this is all said and done, is if he wins this week and wins the Super Bowl, there's no questions, right? Brock Purdy's back oh, as your how, quarterback. How do, you, how do you not roll with? I him? agree with you, but you now we're to. sitting here. We're just two games away from that, though, right? Andy, what if he goes out and and plays, eh, and they lose? You're they're going to look for a new quarterback, or at least entertain. As, as Florio said, entertain the idea. If Shanahan could get Kirk Cousins out there for three years, if they don't win the Super Bowl this year, don't you think you'd do it? I do. It just depends on what they do over He'd the next two weeks. Seriously, entertain it. It just seems weird that eight quarters determines your whole future, but right. it does. It really does. You want me to give you the, the stupid Phelps fantasy football thought on this? Uh, here we go. I was waiting for this. Okay, go ahead. Well, Menigan gives me grief about this. Sam Darnold has been on that roster. No, Dan, stop. It's not Sam Darnold. It's the lack of Brock Purdy being an absolute rock there, I think. That's and, why Sam Darnold's still sitting there? Is that what no. you're I mean, Shanahan loves everything, everything you read that Shanahan's ever said about Darnold loves him. And I've always thought, why are you saying all that when Purdy's your starting quarterback and he's really good? Because you must not be completely sold. And so I've kept an eye on Sam Darnold in my stupid fantasy league all year. And why? Because I've thought if something happens to Purdy and Darnold gets in there, Darnold's got a much better arm. He's got a higher, he's got a higher, past pedigree, if that means anything. It might not, but I've and it, all that does is is lock in the thought of what Florio said to me is I don't think they're sold on Purdy. Well I also think though that if let's go not, to the not Bill, that Darnold the would Bill be Belichick the guy. Not that Darnold would be the guy. No, I get but it. Though. I just don't think they're sold but on Darnold Purdy. But Darnold's sitting is at number two. How many quarterbacks did we watch go through New England behind Tom Brady that didn't prove anything in New England because they never had the chance to because they were behind Tom Brady. But when they did have the chance for maybe one or two games and they played halfway decent, that all of a sudden, man, they're like, holy moly, they're the greatest things. Oh, we got to go get Jacoby Brissett. We got to go get any other quarterback that was in New England that was Matt number Castle, two. Yes. Brian Hoyer. All of those guys Jimmy, got elevated without having to prove it on the field. Now, I thought Brian did a nice job. No, Ross they all he was proved here. it on the field, but very, very short in a term. Very, yeah, like an hors d'oeuvre Cass, size. Castle had a year. Cass, Castle okay. filled in for the whole year when Brady was gone. They went like 11-5. and five. I mean, but, they were they were pretty good. But there was this whole, like, everything for a number two guy that was behind Tom Brady. Well, oh, this guy's got to be good. we got to oh, go get him. Andy, He's the same, hottest guy right thing, now. Let me th- same thing at Green Bay, and some of it worked out. You know, Matt Flynn did not, but Mark Brunel did. So and did Matt, Matt Hasselbeck. Flynn got paid, yes. So did Matt Hasselbeck. I, I don't understand why we do this, though. Like, it happens all the time that you get these number two quarterbacks that I, I just think their their pay rate and the, your expectations for them are elevated, and I don't know why. Somehow, some way, someone has, you know – the, the, the thing that bothers me about the NFL more than anything is that we put, or, or any sport, is when we put players in a box and define them as what they are and maybe never give them the chance to be anything better than they were. And we, we do it all the time. We say, well, this guy's this, he's this. and But is he? You never know, especially if they're a backup. What are we going to say, Dan? I mean, we're, I'm not going to lie, we're kind of doing that right now. I mean, isn't it, isn't another side of this just basically like, hey, Brock Purdy gets me here? Brock, there's a Brock Purdy line. 
There are quarterbacks. But we don't that know are, where the line is for Purdy. But yet. no, 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 no. Okay. There are quarterbacks that are above Brock Purdy that I would trade for immediately. There are quarterbacks who are below Brock Purdy that yes. I would not do that. Yes. Is it just that simple? Like, isn't it just hey, here's Brock Purdy. Tom Brady's a little higher than Brock Purdy on a list of guys that I'd rather have. So I would rather have Tom Brady than Brock Purdy. Doesn't mean Brock Purdy stinks. It just means I'd rather have Tom Brady exactly than Brock Purdy. Exactly right. And if you're Kyle Shanahan, would you rather have Kirk Cousins? Coming off of an Achilles injury, I'm good. Well, I, and he's 35. But you're not Kyle Shanahan. I'm not. But boy, if I am Kyle Shanahan, I'm going. This guy's coming off of a Achilles yeah. But guess injury. what? Guess what? He's coming off an Achilles injury, and I still have Brock Purdy. Yeah, Purdy's not going anywhere. They can still hang on to him. That's a good point. What did Florio have to say about the Browns early on in that conversation? The higher you climb, the more it hurts when you finally lose, especially when you're favored when you're playing a team you've already beaten, and when there's just a sense, there's a vibe, there's an idea that this is a team that could do something special. To not get out of the wild card round is very disappointing, and it almost makes you wish you didn't make the playoffs at all. I know it's still better to make the playoffs than not, but it hurts so bad when it finally happens, especially when you didn't expect it to happen. And then on top of it, you get blown out in a game that you expected to win. I get it. And I think what that does, it lays the foundation for the Browns to be every bit the wild card going into 2024 that they were going into 2023. Hmm. I don't know. Going into 2023, I had high expectations until Nick got hurt and then when Deshaun got hurt. And we had high expectations for DTR when he stepped down on the field based on what we saw in the preseason, and then he met – uh, the team arguably that could be is, you know, or not arguably, is just two wins away from winning the Super Bowl. So I, I don't know. I, my expectations, I, I mean, if you want to do an early glimpse into next season for the Browns, my expectations are they get to the playoffs and they at least win a game. But when you look back at the big picture, when they made the trade for Deshaun Watson, shouldn't we be on a track that says, no, this team should be going to the Super Bowl next year or at least the AFC Championship for the expense of Deshaun Watson and the way we went in that direction, should the goal be Super Bowl or bust for next year? Proclamations like that always crack me up. For me to say it, it's not a big deal. I'm not saying that the Browns should say it. It's just things like that always crack me up. Um, Stephen Vogt was on with the morning guys today. Yeah. Manager of the Guardians. You know what he said? Oh, they're going to win the World Series this year. No, he said we go to training camp and our idea is to win the World Series. And I thought, well, there you go. That's what you're supposed to say. It's what you're supposed to feel. So absolutely, the Browns should should, feel that. Yeah, what should you feel about the Browns though right now? Like to me, here's here's where I am right now. Success for me next season is is getting to the AFC Championship. That would be success. And I'm expecting more for, for what we had hoped for for Deshaun Watson that's where they set the bar by bringing him in. I almost never set a goal like that. I just want to watch and see what happens. I mean, really good teams lose. And so I just want them to be a really good team. And then we'll see what happens. Take your best take your best shot. A little bit of news before we head into break. Multiple reports. Former Browns offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt will interview for the Las Vegas Raiders offensive coordinator job. So... Alex Van Pelt interviewing for the OC gig with the Raiders. Good luck to him on that. You can now follow the Cleveland sports scene chapter by chapter on the Odyssey app. 
Just click on each of our local shows to see the topics that we cover and then click on the chapter that you want to hear. Also, remember to follow 92.3 The Fan on the Odyssey app and you'll get any breaking news like what Dan just said pushed to you on your smartphone. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 